This is a Stimulus Network podcast. Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Shed. I'm Andrew and today's episode is all about Lightyear. Ready, Captain Lightyear? Ready as I'll ever be, Commander Hawthorne. This is exciting. A new adventure. I'm going to grant you four minutes to be off planet, but then you come right back to us. To infinity. And beyond. You are clear for hyperlaunch. Beep boop, beep boop, beep boop. And we thought, you know, because it's about Buzz Lightyear, we thought we'd get an astronaut on. So joining us again, returning to the Cosmic Shed, is none other than European Space Agency astronaut Tim Peake. And essentially what happened was we had a, a wonderful email from some very lovely people asking us if we'd like to go to the Leicester Square premiere of Lightyear. Uh, I was all set up to go and, as regular listeners will know, promptly lost my voice. Okay, who else on the Cosmic Shed could take my place? And um, Steve was on an interview panel for work, so he couldn't do it. Tushna had some deadlines for the wonderful things that they do at Physics World, so she couldn't do it. Ty was dog-sitting, so he couldn't do it. And um, Hannah couldn't do it because she was at rehearsals for Julius Caesar the Musical, which is fun in its own right. So anyway, we thought, well, what's what's the next best thing we can do? And we racked our brains and we thought to ourselves, who is the biggest Pixar fan that we know? And Hannah said, it's Ben. Hello, Ben. Hello. Me and Hannah go way back, um, and I'm not in, in the world of science or, or anything like that at all. Um, so my background is video production. Um, I run a small company that uh, produces video content, podcast content. Um, and so you can imagine how excited I was when Hannah got in touch and said, would you like to go to the Leicester Square premiere of Lightyear with Chris Evans and the cast and everything? And I said, well, absolutely. Yes, I would. Um, and also, would you like to interview Tim Peake? Which the answer was absolutely yes, but that prospect was a lot more terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. So, right, tell us, first of all, tell us about this Leicester Square premiere. What happened? Uh, it was really fun. Um, as you can imagine, this is kind of a, a bucket list thing for me. Um, so we arrived in Leicester Square, um, go to this fancy hotel to pick up the tickets, and then we head out and there's sort of a queue to go through. And we thought, you know, maybe um, they'll kind of put us through the back door and other people will go through uh, on the main uh, sort of red carpet. But it was it was a blue carpet this time. And no, we, we got our bags checked. And then there we are walking down the blue carpet. There's the press waiting for um, all of the cast and crew, um, obviously kind of looking at us as if to say who are these people we don't <laughs> we don't need to take any photos um and yeah so we kind of uh walked along and it was just surreal it was bizarre and there was so much there was like there was huge screens everywhere there was a kind of life-size buzz light yeah um and yeah it was just it was just all very very strange uh so we walk in and it's in the um huge imax screen at the Cineworld in leicester square um and there's people handing out you know champagne and popcorn and uh cocktails and things um yeah and we were we were kind of sat 
right on the on the right hand side, uh, but very close to the front. Um, and as it started to fill out, we noticed there was a door to the right hand side, and we were saying, "Well, this is clearly where people are going to come through." So, just before the film started, out come the director, the producer, uh, Chris Evans, Taika Waititi, and um, Tim Peake, just in front of us, kind of walking along, um, and then. Yeah, they sort of did a little introduction. It was Chris Evans' birthday that day, so we all ended up singing Happy Birthday to him. Amazing. We were all given bags, of course, to put our phones inside, um, and they, someone from Disney gave us a, a very stern privacy warning um, and sort of piracy warning, uh, to which Taika shouts out, Yay, pirates, which anyone <laughs> who's watched Our Flag Means Death. Uh, it, was, it was, you know, not everybody knew what he was talking about, yeah. but there was a few people in the audience that were like, yes, pirates. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then um, and then they headed out and we and we watched the film. Um, yeah, it was, it was very fun. Right, spoiler free, tell us about the film. So obviously this is a film connected to the world of Toy Story. Um, and the premise is that back when Andy got his Buzz Lightyear toy all those years ago, it was because this movie had just come out. And so uh, this is kind of established right up front with titles um and then that's the only reference to the original films the rest of it is from start to finish through and through a sci-fi film that came out within that world um and yeah obviously don't want to give away any spoilers but essentially um it's a similar structure that you see in a lot of kind of police movies so you've got buzz starting off working with one space ranger team for a few reasons that i won't necessarily go into he ends up working with another for the majority of the film um, it's another much less qualified team and his journey is trying to get back to his original team. Um, as I said, it's something you sort of will recognize from kind of police movies, but the the reasoning behind it, the way it all comes about is a lot more inventive. And there's a lot of sci-fi elements in there. There's a lot of time travel that's involved. Um, and so, yeah, so we spend most of the movie with Buzz, who is a very established space ranger. And then he's got a crew, Izzy, Mo, Darby, and then Socks, who is a robotic cat, who is an absolute scene stealer. He's in most scenes, and I defy anyone to see the film and leave not wanting a Reverian Socks. <laughs> Toy Story is, uh, they're, they're all brilliant, right? Some of them more brilliant than others, but they're all pretty brilliant. And um, they're all quite scary at times. You know, I'm thinking babies, dolls' heads with spiders' legs or whatever that thing is. It's just terrifying. Is this also got some things that my daughter's going to be upset about do you know what it was it was definitely aimed at an older crowd than i was expecting so it's not necessarily that there's anything in there that's you know particularly frightening i wouldn't say um but i think the themes and the plot are it definitely feels like they're geared towards people who grew up with toy story and would like to see an out and out sci-fi film now. So it has um it has much more in common with your kind of classic sci-fi films. It has much more in common with Star Wars than it does with Toy Story. Um and there's lots of references and Easter eggs throughout, even down to kind of the design of the sets, the design of certain costumes, um, that all kind of hark back to classic sci-fi. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's aimed at a slightly older crowd than I think I imagined going in. Um, but yeah, as I said, it's it's a film that was released within the world of Toy Story and through and through it is its own standalone sci-fi film. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I am very excited about it. I, it's it's out tomorrow as we're recording this, isn't it? It's out. Yes. But for everybody else, apart from you and 
um, Taika Waititi and Tim Peake. It's it's out on the 17th yeah. um, of June, and I am going to go and see it as soon as I possibly can, um, now that my voice is back. I mean, I don't need a voice to be able to watch a film, you understand, but I needed to be able to watch the film in order to interview Tim Peake, which is exactly what Ben did. I think when, when I was originally offered, would you like to go to the premiere? I think the premise was, you know, no one can make it to the premiere. Can you go and watch it? Brief us on the film, and then we're able to interview Tim Peake, um, which was, like I said, a much less scary <laughs> Um And then um, after I'd agreed, it was like, okay, um, Andrew's lost his voice. Can you interview Tim Peake? Um, and with the kind of stuff that I do uh, with work anyway, we do a lot of interviews, but usually all the stuff that I say or do just kind of gets cut out and we don't really uh, see that side of it. Um, and we don't really usually interview anyone as exciting as Tim Peake or any astronauts or anything. Um, and so, so yeah, it was it was interesting because obviously um, the reason it was set up was to talk about the film, and so we wanted to talk about the film. Um, but also, you know, Tim Peake is an astronaut; he's been in space. We want to learn about space. We want to find out some more fun stuff about that. Um, and so it's tried to kind of figure out well, what what can I ask that's related to the film, but also gives him a chance to you know talk about his own experience in space and also doesn't completely out myself as a film nerd but an absolute science novice <laughs> um, so hopefully i shook a, a good balance yeah you did and let's let everybody listen to it now here is ben and tim peake so tim one of the things i love about pixar are all those little details that go into the worlds that they create were there any particular moments or elements in the film that you watched and thought, wow, they really captured this look or this feeling? Yeah. So I think the most part, there are lots of small, subtle uh, moments. And it was really interesting because last night at the premiere, I was watching the movie actually for the second time. And so I even got to pick up on, on more things that I had I'd missed in the first time round. Um, but there's one very powerful moment that that really hits you. Uh, and um, this is where Izzy is um, stepping off into space. She's a space ranger but is astrophobic, so a space ranger who's actually scared of space and has to overcome her fear. And, and she needs to step off into the vacuum of space and float across this void. And the feeling of, of kind of a fear is almost palpable in the cinema. And you, your heart's in your mouth as she makes this leap off and goes forwards. And, and you know, that's what it's like when you step out uh, uh, to go on a spacewalk and you immerse yourself in that environment and you're pushing away from the space station. That really captured the enormity of space. I mean, space is really intimidating. Here on Earth, we look up and we see a lovely blue sky if it's a nice day like today and it's all warm and cosy and we're surrounded by green nature up there it's not it's black it's the most intimidating thing ever the blackness of space and so i think it really captures that very well yes and that was one of my favorite moments in the film and i was wondering whether that felt true to life for you yeah, it really did, um, because, you know, you, you kind of visualise what, what she's going through and what you see and uh, and also the feelings of weightlessness, I think, captured very well. I think the film um, picks up on those those subtleties of, um, you know, when they're in a vacuum environment, when they're not, when the helmets are up and helmets are down, when they're weightless or when they're in a gravity environment. And some movies, you know, they, they kind of overlook that or they miss that or you're just expected to, they're on a spacecraft and they're walking around and 
you're just expected to think, well, that's normal. Whereas actually, no, they'd be floating there in weightlessness. And, and I think it's, it's really true to the environment that they're in. And then the more subtle uh, bits, um, you know, <laughs> the, the space food is hilarious. Um, the, the, the sort of mundane lunch, breakfast, dinner, crack, there you go, fuel. Um, you know, the, these kind of things, which is very similar to, to what it's like. Um, so, no, I, I thought the movie was really, really good in, in terms of the attention to detail. Yeah, thank you. Um, just before we move on, uh, while we are talking about this scene, one of the things that it does incredibly well is build tension. It is so tense. Um, what was the most tense moment for you when you were on the International Space Station? Oh, there were a couple, really. The first was getting to the space station because we had a challenge docking. Uh, our docking system failed. And so Yuri had to take manual control um, and that didn't go very smoothly on the first approach. We uh, we had a near collision situation and had to abort that. And and finally, we, we managed to get the docking uh, docking done successfully. But we had multiple failures going on inside the spacecraft. So. Uh, that's never a good thing as a pilot. You, you're very aware as a pilot that, you know, accidents don't happen often because one thing goes wrong. If one thing goes wrong, you can deal with it. It's often quite simple and straightforward. But when multiple failures stack on top of each other, that's when the situation gets very complex. So that was a challenge to deal with. Um, and then during the spacewalk, I was outside with Tim Coper and his helmet started taking on water um, and the water was being injected through the ventilation system. So that was a very dangerous situation. It, it happened to a crew member a few years before uh, and resulted in a near drowning. So we knew we needed to get Tim back in a hurry. But your training just kicks in. You, you've been taught how to deal with these circumstances, how to work as a team, how to you know work through the problem, and, and so we were able to to overcome both those situations, um, just really through through training and preparation. Thank you. Um, something else that we've come to expect from Pixar are those deeper moments that can be quite emotional. Obviously, we don't want to give away any spoilers, uh, but something the film does explore is being up in space, focused on a mission while life back home continues. What did you make of that? Yes, it's very powerful. I love the fact that the movie doesn't shy away from um, these kind of difficult concepts and, and it is an emotional journey on, on several levels. And, um, uh, and and we're seeing, you know, Buzz, his character, develop throughout the movie and uh, into somebody who is, is quite different, really, towards the end of the movie than the, the person at the beginning. Um, so I think that's that's very powerful. And this whole thing about the, you know, life moving on, um, you're very aware when you're up in space that you're there doing a job but you're very disconnected disconnected from family from friends from civilization and my greatest worry in space was never about my safety you know if something happens to me fine you know we're trained we'll deal with it if, if we can if not then well that that's the risk that you take but my worry was always what if something happens back down on earth to my family when i'm not there because you're not coming home in a six month mission. No way, you're up there to stay um, or a year if you're on a, a year long mission, um, no matter what might happen to your family back on earth. So it's a, it's a huge commitment in that, uh, in that perspective. And I think the, the film captures you know, the essence of that as well. Yeah, and I think as well, one of the most emotional aspects of that is that every time he returns, there's another reunion. Uh, he's meeting people again, he's seeing what they've been up to, we're seeing these snapshots, these vignettes. Um, thinking about your time, and particularly when you returned, was the film able to capture that feeling? 
Yeah, very much so. Um, it, it is a case of that that kind of reintegration, and and, and it's it's very hard. You, you know, you've missed out on uh, so many things. I you know missed out on birthdays, missed out on anniversaries, missed out on Christmas, on New Year, and and you kind of come back to Earth, and and it's uh, okay. So where are we now? You know, you have to jump back into life again, um, and that's that takes some readjusting too. The life on board the space station is so different to life on Earth. Uh, in many respects, life on the space station is, is wonderful in terms of the isolation because, you know, you, you've only got a few people who can email you. You've got nobody who can phone you uh, and you're so wonderfully isolated. And yet you've got this brilliant job to do, uh, an amazing team to support you in doing that job. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, when you get back to Earth, suddenly it's the the busyness the hustle the bustle of picking up of where you left off and and trying to reintegrate your life and in addition to that all of the uh, expectations in terms of you've been on a space mission the post-flight stuff the scientific uh, debriefs and reviews and uh, it can be incredibly overwhelming i remember the first six months back on earth as being tougher than anything really that i'd had to go through up until that point and within that period, what was the biggest challenge for you? I think that the, one of the biggest challenges is, is that you're exhausted and you, you should be exhausted because we go to space to work really, really hard. So you should come back exhausted, but you come back almost with nothing in the tank. And yet and yet that's when you have to step up to the plate and almost deliver your, you know, your biggest performance in terms of this is where we need to get everything out of you, all of your comments, your points so that, you know, about the mission and how to put that back into the program to make sure things are, are running as well as they can be. Um, and then there's a, a kind of the media aspect as well, wanting to know about the mission. Um, so you're, you know, you're really struggling with that. And the fact that actually what you really want to do is just take two weeks off with the family uh, and, and kind of go and be a dad and a husband again. Uh, and you know that that didn't even happen until about four months after I landed, uh, and so it's it's really very challenging. And then you almost feel sometimes like you, it's hard to catch up with what you miss. I'm I'm sure everybody's you know we're living such busy lives. You know what it's like when you you feel like the inbox is getting on top of you. Um, and, and when you come back from space and the inbox is three thousand messages, you you almost just have to say stop delete you know that portion of my life didn't happen back on earth let's start again from fresh uh so it's all these kind of challenges that um you know you have to cope with both physically and psychologically yeah absolutely um i am conscious of time because i know you've got a lot of people to speak to today but i do have one more question for you uh because there are quite a few really funny moments in the film where technology either doesn't do what it's supposed to do or it does exactly what it's designed to do, but at the worst possible time. Were there any moments like that for you? <laughs> yeah, um, partly because we're always trying, uh, trialing things. So, you know, we were on the space station. Um, the, the tech that you want to work right, we've pretty much got right. So the really, really, really important stuff, the flight safety critical stuff. Yeah, you don't want that failing. And it's very funny in the in the movie where you've got Ivan uh, doing things like your flight was successful and confetti sprays in the cockpit. I just thought that was absolutely magical. But, um, you know, is that sometimes we were trialing things like virtual reality 
reality uh, goggles or augmented reality and it's glitching it's not working it's doing funny things uh, and so yes you're you're in those scenarios but that's the whole point we're there almost as test pilots in that environment we're trying to get things to work to see what technologies could be viable in the future and which technologies not to pursue um so there is there is an element of, of tech working um against you in, in some some ways but it, you know you've got to you've got to really take everything uh, in your stride absolutely and it has been fantastic talking to you today thanks again for taking the time to chat to us and i hope you have a great rest of your day Great. Thanks, Benjamin. Good talking to you. You too. Bye, Tim. Bye-bye. Thank you so much to Tim Peake and also to to Ben for doing that. That is, I mean, yeah, I'll I'll get over it eventually that that wasn't me doing that. It wasn't me at the premiere, but I'm really genuinely delighted that you could step into the breach, Ben. Thank you so much for doing that. And um, it's really lovely that somebody who has this um, clear passion for it has, has managed to to have that experience for us all it is fun talking to him right? yeah he's he's very easy to interview uh he um you ask him a question and he just dives in and can talk and talk um and it, yeah he's so he's so lovely and, and welcoming yeah yeah so are you thank you for being on the cosmic shed um maybe you'll come back again sometime thank you for having me i would love to come back sometime um it was it was great fun to be involved any final thoughts on the film ben before we go yeah just one of um one of the things that was really emotional for me and you've probably seen a lot of this reported um in the past few days it's become quite a big story is it is the first disney film where um two women kiss um and it's such a fleeting moment but it's it's caused such a stir because they animated it it was included in the film disney then removed it there was then a huge backlash after the situation that was going down in florida um they added it back in and now there's um there's countries around the world that aren't airing it. They said they won't air it unless they censor it and, and Disney are kind of sticking to that. And so it's not being released in quite a few places. And I, so I knew this going in and I knew it going in to watch the film. But I think one of the things that really did take me by surprise um, and that really did kind of hit me quite hard was that when I went in expecting to see a fun film about an astronaut where you know it's a family film you'll see young people going in and it's a very aspirational thing it's like oh cool we're watching this film where we see the possibilities of what we could be we could be an astronaut in the future and i think what i wasn't expecting to see which is just as important as showing what you can be is also reflecting back who you are and there'll be a lot of people who have never seen themselves reflected in this type of film before myself included and the combination of those two things and it's handled so well and it's just a fleeting moment um but it is you could tell that quite a few people in the cinema had quite an emotional reaction to it um it's quite a big moment for them and the fact that they're kind of sticking to their guns and saying well you get the film as the filmmakers intended or we don't show it and i think that's really impressive we haven't we, we haven't seen that before it's i think it is a first in terms of cinema. I've not seen that before. That is a very good thing indeed. And thank you again, Ben. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to Tim Peake again for joining us on The Cosmic Shed. If you'd like to hear more from Tim Peake, you can hear him in lots of places, but you can also hear him in our episode on Space Rocks from a few years ago now. Sorry for the way my voice is sounding. It's all hay fever related and hopefully it will be somewhere back to normal. Bye.
the next episode. And thank you very much for listening. The Cosmic Shed. Science fact. Science fiction. And everything in between. This podcast is brought to you by the Stimulus Network.